Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we were created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve. Called to live, commanded to love, commissioned to serve. And if you can't remember all of that, we live, love, serve. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, While you're standing, won't you grab your Bibles and your Bible apps? And let's turn to 1 Corinthians 13. Amen. We are in our series. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than us. Uh, And today we're talking about love. Pastor Mike threw down this morning at the eight o'clock service talking about love. Amen. And so we're going to continue that on today. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13. And it reads, if I speak with human eloquence, and this is in the message, um, the message Bible. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all God's mysteries and making everything plain as day. And if I have faith that says to a mountain jump and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've got nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, ooh, Lord Jesus, but keeps going to the end. Love never dies. Let's pray. God, we thank you. God, we love you. Thank you, God, for your presence in this place, for we know that where your spirit is, there is freedom. 
So God, we thank you for freedom on today. Thank you for infusing this worship service. Thank you that you are present here with us. We lift ourselves, our minds, our hearts, our souls, our spirits to you, and we say hallelujah. God, now take everything that about me and hide it in a way that your children hear you more than they see me. We love you, God. We honor you. We give you all of the praise because it all belongs to you. And we lift this prayer in your mighty name as we say together, amen, amen, amen. amen. Why don't you give the Lord a hand clap of praise as you take your seats. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be with y'all. I miss y'all. And I thank my pastor for this opportunity to be before you all uh, today. Isn't he a wonderful pastor? <laughs> Amen. And you know what? I love y'all FCBC. I said I love y'all FCBC. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What kind of love y'all talking about now? Hold on, wait, wait, wait. You don't need no problems. You know, it's interesting because when we say love in the human language, it's so limited, right? We love our mother, we love our son, we love our daughter, uh, we love our husband, love our wife, but then we love chicken. Amen. Amen. We love barbecue. Amen. Some of us love macaroni and cheese. And we use that same word, but it's not so in the Greek. In the Greek, there are at least six different words for love. Because in that language, they want to be clear what kind of love they're talking about. And so one word for love in Greek is storage. Now, storage means like a family kind of love. So if you wanted to tell your child or your sister or your brother or your cousin you love them, you would say, I storage you. Because you want to be clear on the type of love that you're talking about. There's another kind of love in the Greek, and it's called phileo. Now, phileo is a friendship kind of love. So if you got that girl, and that's just your girl, you got that boy, that's your boy. I love on Hot 97 when they do the ride or die. You know, the ride. That's, that's, that's your phileo. Your ride or die is your phileo. So when you tell that person you love them, you wouldn't necessarily just say, I love you. You would say, I phileo you. Right. So you got storage, that's kind of a family love. You got phileo, that's kind of a friendship love. Then you have eros. I think we all know what that means. Amen. Eros. That's, that's more of an intimate, sensual kind of love. You would say that to your partner. Amen. Maybe to someone you're trying to get a little close to. Amen. You wouldn't say, I storage you if you're trying to get close to them. You would say, I eros you. We all together. Right. And then there's agape love. Right. That's that unconditional love. That's the way that God loves us. That that is that love that no matter what you do, I'm still going to love you. That there is nothing that you can do that can make me stop loving you. That is that agape love. Right. And so sometimes we get confused when people tell us they love us because we're not clear what kind of love they're really talking about. Right. So as you said, somebody, I love you. Wait a minute. Hold up. What you really mean here? We talking a friendship kind of love. You love me like a sister. You love me like a brother. Um, because we can get a little confused when we hear the words. 
And, and I remember growing up watching those movies, you know, those romantic movies, and you would be crying at the end because you wanted that kind of love that you saw in the movie, right? You remember those love songs we used to listen to? Right? You'd be listening, crying, and listening to the love song because you, you wanted love like that. I had the opportunity on Friday, um, Pastor Mike and I went to see Jill Scott. Yeah, yeah. We saw half of y'all there. We saw half of y'all there, right? Uh, and, and so I was listening to her song and I was thinking about how much of our lives have been, been formed, have been informed by love songs, right? Right? Y'all ready? Some of y'all might know a little something like, let's start with the first one, the first one. The, yep, there we go. There we go. Y'all, some of y'all might know this one, might have been informed by this one. Yeah. Y'all, don't nobody know about this right here? Oh, y'all gonna keep on saying, okay, all right, all right, all right, I got y'all. Some of y'all's love was informed, right, by the four tops, because that's what you were listening to, and when you were listening to that song, you were thinking about the love that you had, or the love that you wanted, or the love maybe that you lost, and some of us really came along a little bit after the four tops, and we were informed by a different kind of love expectation. Let's do it. Wait, 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 hold on. That's enough. Okay, I don't want to take y'all too far back. But we know, some of us know where we were when we heard the song for the first time. It was a love song that informed our expectation around love, right? All right, some of y'all weren't Prince fans, but maybe y'all got down with this one right here. Well, should stay. Well, if I stay, what's going to happen? Uh-huh. So I'm going to go. But I But I know. I'm going to be with you every step of the way. Why? And I yeah, 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 yeah. Will love you. Oh, gosh. Okay, all right, let's cut that off. See, I appreciate Whitney because she gave you permission to leave and still love. I'm just trying to help somebody. Because just because you love them don't mean you got to stay. Sometimes you have to love yourself more than you love what you think this is. 
you got to love yourself more than what you expect it to be, but it's not. So Whitney said, listen, it ain't you, it's me, but deuces, I'm gone. Right, and then some of us, you know, uh, just roll out. I have to honor my girl today because I just saw her on Friday. So let's, let's, well. You love me. Oh, y'all don't know. So y'all was at the concert, but y'all know. Okay, let's stop. All right. Listen, we have to recognize, right, that we have had a lot of songs, a lot of movies um, infusing what we think love ought to be without taking the time to really investigate what love should be and how love really ought to show up. Um, and so I like Paul because in this text, Paul comes in and he wants us to understand um, what love really is uh, supposed to show up as in your life. He says, listen, um, if I act like I've got it all together, but I don't have love, I really don't have it all together. Right? If I have gifts to move mountains and preach prophetically, but I can't show love to a neighbor, then I'm really just wasting my time. Um, he talks about what love looks like, that it, that it doesn't give up. It cares more for others than it does for itself. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. And, and so for me, when I look at this, when Paul is telling us what love is, it ought to give us permission to begin questioning the love that we think we have in our lives, right? But I often find that when we look at this text, we're often looking at it not from the perspective of what we should be doing to others, but what others ought to be doing for us. Others ought to be showing up for us in a way that doesn't give up on us, in a way that loves us enough to make us understand that we really are loved. That love ought to show up in a way that is not envious or boastful, doesn't want what it doesn't have, doesn't force itself on others. Love ought not to try to control what I do or where I go or who I see or, or how I show up. Love ought not hit me or curse me out or disrespect me. Love doesn't try to reduce others in order to make itself look bigger or make itself look better, right? Love doesn't make you shrink so that somebody else can shine, right? We're talking about love because sometimes we're in relationships with people, whether it's a mother, daughter, father, son relationship, that's garage, right? Uh, whether it's a friendship, that phileo, whether it's an intimate relationship that eros but it can deceive us if we're busy looking uh, based on what we think it ought to be we all together have you ever just looked at a couple and you was just like man they really got it all together when I grow up I want to be just like them but you really have no idea what they is like when they is not in your presence right 
Because we know how to show up and present our best selves. But in reality, we don't really know what that looks like. So what we ought to be saying is that I want love to show up in my life in a way that pushes me forward and doesn't pull me back. In a way that lifts me up and doesn't push me down. In a way that honors my authenticity instead of trying to make me become something that I'm not. Yeah. You've never been in that relationship? You know, I like your hair, but I think you ought to cut it just a little bit. I like the size you are, but man, maybe you should just lose 10 pounds. Uh, you know what? I like that outfit that you got on, but maybe you should wear this one. Because you're really trying to make me look like somebody else. Because when I show up as my authentic self, you really can't deal with who that person is. So you would rather try to cover me and make me something that I am not. Right? So what is love really? What does it look like? Right? We listen to the songs and we think we want what we don't have. We're looking at other relationships and we want to show up like that relationship is showing up. Not knowing what that relationship had to go through to get to where it is anyway. Right? I was in conversation with someone and, and the person was saying to me, you know, I, 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 I was talking to a friend of mine um, and I'm just, I, I know what I want in a relationship. I'm looking for a man that can cover me. I'm, I'm looking for a man that can protect me, right? Um, somebody that can just be there for me. You know, that's a lot of responsibility to put on somebody. Amen. How about loving yourself, covering yourself, protecting yourself? See, some of us are in love with the idea of love, but don't really recognize what it takes to commit to it, right? And so as I'm looking, as I'm listening to the songs and I'm thinking about these movies and I'm thinking about what people have told me love is supposed to look like and Paul is telling us what it is supposed to be, which is good because I think Paul gives us a really good uh, definition of what it is supposed to be. But, but I like Jesus because Jesus shows us what it looks like. See, Paul tells us, but Jesus shows us. How does he show us? I'm glad you asked. He shows us in John 13, right, what love is really supposed to be. It says, just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his dear companions, he continued to love them right to the end. It was supper time. The devil by now had Judas, son of Simon. The Iscariot firmly in his grip, all set for the betrayal. Jesus knew that the father had put him in complete charge of everything that he came from God and was on his way back to God. So he got up from the supper table, set aside his robe and put on an apron. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples drying them with his apron. When he got to Simon Peter, Peter said, Master, you wash my feet? Jesus answered, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but it will be clear enough to you later. Peter persisted, you're not going to wash my feet ever. Jesus said, if I don't wash you, you can't be part of what I'm doing. Master, said Peter, not only my feet then, wash my hands, wash my head. 
Jesus said, if you've had a bath in the morning, you only need your feet washed now and you're clean from head to toe. My concern, you understand, is holiness, not hygiene. So now you're clean, but not every one of you. He knew who was betraying him. That's why he said not every one of you. After he finished washing their feet, he took his robe, put it back on, and went back to his place at the table. Then he said, do you understand what I have done to you? You address me as teacher and master and rightly slow. That is what I am. So if I, the master and teacher, wash your feet, you must now wash each other's feet. I've laid down a pattern for you. What I've done, you do. I'm only pointing out the obvious. A servant is not ranked above his master. An employee doesn't give orders to the employer. If you understand what I'm telling you, act like it and live a blessed life. And I realized after reading this text that love is more than just saying it. It's more than just saying I love you to somebody because words come out easy. It's more than a song that makes it sound romantic, right? It's more than a movie that makes you cry at the end. It's even more than being patient and being kind and not being envious. Love is really about washing feet. Right? It's about serving others. It's not about what you say. It's about what you do. And in any relationship that you have, if you're not washing feet, then you got to ask yourself, is it really love? Whether it is storage between a parent and a child, you still got to wash some feet. Whether it's phileo between two friends, you still got to wash some feet. Whether it's arrows between those who are committed to each other in love and have decided to be partners for the rest of their lives, you still got to wash some feet. And certainly if it is agape, that love that is unconditional, it means the ability to wash some feet. So you might have gotten roses for Valentine's Day, but have your feet been washed? You might have gone on that romantic trip, but have you washed any feet? You may have apologized, you may have forgiven, but did it entail washing feet? Washing feet. It means leaving your place of honor. And being willing to get down on the ground. You can't wash feet standing up. You've got to get down on your hands and knees. It means moving from uh, uh, that place of honor to that place of service. Not minding getting your, your knees dirty and your feet, your, your feet dirty and your hands dirty. And serving someone who may not even deserve it. But because you're a foot washer, you wash them anyway. I mean, look at at Jesus. Judas didn't necessarily deserve for his feet to be washed. He was about to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew it. But he still washed his feet. My God. 
How good are we washing the feet of those who've hurt us? Those who betrayed us? Because it shows them that you don't get to control how I show up in the world. I don't have to treat you the way that you treat me. Because the reality is, is you may not have the capacity to treat me the way that I treat you. Sometimes our feelings get so hurt because have you ever said, well, I wouldn't have done that to her. Well, I wouldn't have done that to him. But that's you based on your experience. And the person who is responding is responding based on their experience. You cannot control how someone else responds to you. The only thing you can control is how you show up in the world. Right? How many of you ever tried to make somebody love you? Oh, y'all gonna just... Because you loved and you wanted that love to come back looking the way that you sent it out. But it doesn't come back looking the way you sent it out because you're the one who sent it out. And so we recognize that I may not be able to get it the way that I want it. I may not be able to have it the way that I love it. But if I stop focusing on what's coming in and start focusing on what's going out, then maybe I can still wash some feet. Yeah. Ultimately... That's what we're all called to be. Yeah. And every relationship that we're in, foot washers. Not because they are commanding us to wash feet, but because Jesus washed the disciples' feet and then told them to wash each other's feet. And he said, if I do this for you, then you do this for others. So it's telling us that our responsibility is to show up as foot washers. Show up in a way that honors the other. That one who is the child of God, that one who may not be perfect, Judas would betray him, Peter would deny him, but he still washed everybody's feet. He didn't wash everybody's feet except Peter and except Judas. He washed everybody's feet. What if... In FCBC, we all decided that we were going to be foot washers, that we were going to honor the other who's in front of us in the way that God honors us every day, that we were going to visit those who were in prison washing feet, that we we're going to sacrifice for others washing feet, that we were going to show up for others even when they didn't show up for us washing feet. Ultimately, Instead of looking for what's coming in, if we are really children of God, then we ought to focus on what's going out. How are you doing with washing feet? Amen? 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 Come on, why don't you stand up on your feet all over the building? Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, Support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again. 
and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.